Yo, what's up? Welcome back to episode three of the House of Mastery. Woo, so happy to have you guys with us here. Thank you for joining us, diving into different topics with us, and just overall becoming a master. Amen. Today, we're going to dive deep into what I think is the most powerful topic in the world, which is spirituality. I love that. And so... It's creating your own reality. Yes. Which is what it really is. Don't get, don't go too woo-woo on the religion yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Okay? This is not religious. This, this is religion. just going from victim to creator. 100%. Understanding that you're not just a passenger on the ship, but you're actually the captain of your ship. And you can yeah. navigate life and looking at it as a way of empowerment that you can create reality. Amen. So over this weekend, I just, I, I just got to earth, it seems like, because yeah. There was a movie that came out almost 25 years ago called The Matrix that your girl never saw. So Peter decided that it was time and we binged The Matrix this weekend. Mm -hmm. One and then part of two, so. Amen. That's as far as we've gotten, but it blew my mind. It, it, it completely blew my mind because I don't think if I would have watched this when it came out that it would have had so much of an impact because I was a completely different person then. But who I am now and the beliefs that I have and my life today is such a big part of understanding the matrix. Yeah. So what was your takeaway and what is your takeaway and why is it important to actually dive into these topics and try to understand what the hidden message is, if there is one? Yeah, so to me, it's all about the more belief you gain into the idea that you are able to create your own reality, the better you are at creating your own reality, mm -hmm. right? So when you first learn this, you have a very low belief that is this really possible? I don't really know the secret. That sounds like a bunch of woo-woo. And then when you really start to achieve some pretty significant goals, your proof gets bigger. You have more proof that this is real. You have yeah. more proof and more understanding. The more that you turn the wheel, you have more under, like just, you can see it more. Yeah, and your power to believe in possibilities, believe in yourself and your own abilities becomes that much greater. And that just enhances your own ability to make it work better. So that's kind of like, spoiler alert, I'm probably everyone has seen The Matrix. Everyone yeah. I'm like, I just watched it there like just now. Yeah. What? But you know, that's kind of this idea is that he's living in this life, like mm -hmm. many of us every day doing the grind, following the rules, the programs that he's been taught by society, which all of us are taught programs, right? Whether we realize it or not, from the moment we're born, programs are going into our subconscious mind from our parents, from schools, from institutions, from our friends. And that's not to say that programs are bad because we need them to survive, you know? That's the reason you can talk on the phone and drive at the same time is because there's a program running that you don't need all your brain power there at the same time to do both. Yeah. But the problem with programs is if it's not a program that you want, a good program that's one that you've actually decided for, that's going to lead you to success or your dreams being manifested, well, then you just have a virus of a program. It's a problem. Yeah. And so watching this movie and seeing Neo go from taking the pills and understanding, oh my God, this is a matrix and this isn't the real world. And and when he goes back to understand that he has such influence over the real world, that it's him, that it's yeah. always been him. And that's inside of all of us. That's what I believe. Yeah, I really like the whole simulation part of the whole thing, right? Just being born, being born into a simulation that you just, this all you know. So you don't know anything else. You're yeah. not aware of any other sort of ability or any sort of thing that's out there that's possible and you can't see any of the things that are happening behind the scenes, and you don't even know the true story of what you're going on. You just got caught into somebody else's spider web. And I feel like, don't you think that's most people today? I mean, so many people that I talk to, you can kind of see where they are in their evolution, and I wasn't 
far from that that long ago. I was yeah. very much in the program, in the matrix, in someone else's spider web, believing that this is all I could achieve because that's all I was taught right. was possible. Yeah. And so for anyone that's maybe a little like, what are they talking about right now? How do we give them an easy digestible way to think about the world and who they are without completely unplugging them? Right, yeah, so I just, quick little story on how I got into spirituality, right? I never wanted to be super spiritual. My parents held me underwater until I became Christian. And then when I became a teenager, I spat it out, right? So I never really wanted to do any of this stuff. I just ended up getting trapped in my parents' basement and was forced to figure out how to make money on the internet. Started studying the business marketing sales skills that I started, thought I needed to know. Then I hit glass ceilings that was limiting myself. Then I started studying subconscious mind and identities like psycho-cybernetics and secrets of the millionaire mind and books like that. How old were you? Um, I was about 20... Five, I really hit spirituality at 25 because that's when everything turned around. And just to be clear here, I only care about what works the best, okay? I only care about what works the best and what's gonna unleash my fullest potential. And this is the topic, hands down. This is what it is. This is what a lot of people don't understand, but this is actually what makes it work. So at my lowest moment, because I had passed my own uh, identity glass ceilings, identity-based glass ceilings, but I had still hit a rock bottom because it just sent like a random thing from the universe would come and mess me up. Like it would just jack me up, a deal would fall through, this would go on. It's like basically running over a, a nail in your tire while you're driving and now you have a flat tire. You know, a random negative event out of nowhere would just stop things from happening. Mm -hmm. Then I read this book, Conversations with God, because by then I had seen so many things that really made it feel like the universe just didn't have my back and wasn't out there helping me. And then this book really helped make it clear. And I just asked the question, you know, maybe you're actually controlling your reality a bit more than you think you are, right? Could it be possible that you have more influence? And how did it? you handle that though? Cause that's like a big gulp to swallow, right? Yeah. Like that's not something most of us are taught as a child. So what was your, were you so desperate and broken that you were like, well, you, you attached to that idea? Did you reject mm -hmm. that idea? How well, I was, first off, I was down to try anything. And okay. the thing is that you're creating your own reality and you've been creating it before you just discovered this idea, right? You didn't need to know about this idea to be creating reality. And all of these negative things that were happening to me were really just boomerangs that I had thrown out to the universe a while ago that had just came back to me and I had just gotten hit, right? Uh, Florence Chin has this amazing quote, life is a game of boomerang. And any like luck, there is no such thing as luck. Those are just boomerangs coming back to mm -hmm. you. Some people call it karma. That you threw out a long time ago. Karma is one of the boomerangs, right? Isn't that a boomerang? You do something bad to somebody, it comes back to you later. And they say and like- Boomerangs. They say like whatever plane you're existing on. Okay, so this might be a stretch for some people, but if this is a new concept to you, you're probably living life on the mental plane, right? So karmic events. So if you're thinking like, that doesn't seem to be true, that doesn't happen to me, well, Time is much greater for those that are on a mental plane. But as you start to become more evolved and open to these ideas, and maybe you're now realizing that you're an energetic being, right? Which is science, guys. We know that. That's it, that we're energy. So as we evolve, we see these these boomerangs actually happen much quicker in our life. And makes you really um be cautious about how you treat others and what you speak and what you're putting out into the world. Not to get off topic, but yeah. No, it's a lot of boomerang. It's very similar to growing seeds and planting seeds in the ground and growing that. But I think the boomerang is a better analogy because it's just, you fire off these energetic messages to the universe that just eventually will come back to you. 
right? So I had been firing off wanting to be successful. I had been firing off needing to be successful, right? Constantly with the words that I say, because when you start to look at this, because I'm down there reading this book on conversation with God, and I just start to see how, you know, if this was true, then that would make so much sense about why I've been manifesting. Because how do you try so hard to create a dream life and create the exact opposite? <laughs> That's just the worst life. How is it that, because- because so I how did you do that? <laughs> well, I had been wanting to create a dream life, mm. right? Wanting. And what I didn't understand was the underlying message, also what's called as the sponsoring thought in the world, uh, is that I didn't have it. So that's why I wanted it. Someone who wants something is not somebody who has something. Mm -hmm. so, so the, the universe- wanted it, the more you separated yourself from it. The more I got situations where I continually wanted it, right? Because I kept affirming I want, I need, and the more I, I will, all these words scream, I don't have it. Mm -hmm. And all the universe is going, okay, make it, just making sure you don't have it, cool. Let me make sure if you ever get close to it- <laughs> We rip it out. I'm gonna make sure you don't have it. Cause, exactly. Because you don't actually have it, right? You know what's so interesting though? So in the matrix, they talk about how the centennials, right? Which are like the agents. Yeah. They talk about how they first created this world of humans and everything was beautiful, but humans couldn't, they rejected it. They kept trying to wake up from it. And so it's really interesting because this information exists, right? All of what you're talking about, that book was always there. It's been there for a long time. There are books that have been around for thousands of years that suggest these topics. And yet, much like that hint that they threw in the movie, it takes suffering and pain for humans to want to change. And then they said, eventually they want to building, like, I think they're on their sixth version of the matrix. And they said that humans will only accept this because they like to suffer. They like to learn through suffering. And it's actually something like one of my favorite mentors, Joe Dispenza says, is that you can change in times of joy and bliss or pain and suffering, yet most people wait to wake up. Right. Like, so it took you being in a basement being like, this is the worst ever. Yes. Immense pain. It took me being extremely sick, exalting all my resources to finally being like, wait, is there anything else? Because nothing is working. Mm -hmm. I'm hitting every dead end. There's gotta be another reason. So, yeah. but I guess a, a good message for people at home is that like, you don't have to wait for something terrible to happen to accept this idea, right? Believe, accept, and surrender. That's the only way things will actually manifest your subconscious mind will say okay i'm on board is to just say like okay i'm open to this i believe what they're saying i'm i'll accept it i'll surrender to this idea and i'll try i'll try to play with it at least be curious with the idea that if yeah. i am the creator what would i do yeah yeah i do like the idea i understand that i mean most people are just going downhill until eventually they hit a rock bottom that makes them turn uphill because there's no more downhill to go, yeah. right? That's kind of like how it kind of works. Um, I really value the idea of called touching the stove. Oh my gosh, my favorite, really? One of my favorite ones. Oh my God, this literally was an analogy I had growing up, if this is what you mean. like. Well, there's, just, there's this story of a dad who's cooking food, cooking breakfast, and his young son comes up and he goes, hey dad, can I help? And he goes, hey son, back up. Uh, the stove is really hot, I don't want you to touch it. And then the kid, the, the kid looks up at the dad, he's like, well, what's hot, daddy? And the dad goes, Okay, touch the stove, right? Oh, I don't know that. So I thought- No, there's, there's two different types of knowledge, right? There is, you don't know fucking anything knowledge, which is, oh, at the stove is hot. Mm -hmm. And then there's touching the stove and then there's wisdom, right? <laughs> so suddenly the kid has wisdom on what that actually means. 
Because until you do it, you have no idea what you're talking about and no idea what this is or how the feeling is or anything related to it. So your body's not even in tune with it. So I just, for the fact of programming my own internal physiology, like to touch the stove, like to flip over every rock, like to try the whole thing. This makes so and much sense. I had a lot of mentors that laugh at me for that, but yeah, I just, it just vibes with me. I just touched the stove, yeah. I actually like that. You know, I don't know much on human design, so it's not really something I could speak on, but I do know that you and I both have the same initial number, which is martyr. And it's just that. It's like you like to learn through experience. And then once you know and you have that experience in all in all regards, right? You've yeah. experienced it emotionally, physically, mentally, then you can then help others with that knowledge. And so that actually seems really true for you and for me because otherwise we wouldn't be here or gone through so many situations. But maybe somewhere in our soul we agreed to yeah. touch the stove. Touch the stove. That's not what I thought. I, it's a really solid strategy and I recommend <laughs> no. it. It's how you learn really solid. You know, you do learn the most through these painful experiences that really program you deeply because you can learn things about like, you know, but the mistakes are the ways your, your core really understands, right? The pain of getting wrecked. That's that's pure understanding. Though, when you say like, be willing to touch the stove, does that mean just like be willing to go after your goals, be willing to try things, be willing to go balls to the wall? Well, it's just that the dad loves the son, but the dad knew that for in order for the son to never get destroyed, he should figure out what the word hot is right now. And he can't teach him, he can't tell him what it is. You'll never know unless the kid touches the stove. So how do you implement that in everyday life? So somebody's saying, okay, Peter, I love your analogy of touch the stove, but like, what does that mean? Does that mean I like go after, do I say yes to an uncertainty in my life? Do I like take the job? Do I date the person? Do I put it all on red? Like, what does it mean? Uh, it, it means that you go for your best idea, right? That's what it means. It means don't be afraid yeah. to go for your best ideas and take your best ideas down. If that's what you think, is the right idea, then it's a win-win if you go for it because either you win and you got the decision right or you failed and you just touched the stove and you learned the right way to do it, right? You learned another way that doesn't work, but it's it's very programmed in your core. Also, the analogy also applies to other people, right? Because it's, it's down to apply that if I really love this kid, I have to let him touch the stove, right? I have to let him get the road rash that he needs in order to learn. It's part of learning. And protecting him doesn't protect him. I can see this in so many situations in our relationship where I'm like, Peter, can you help me? And he, in a very loving way, says no. No, hell no. Nope. No. <laughs> That's the loving way. Hell no, no. We need, we're creating a life where you got this on your own, okay? <laughs> yeah, and it's so frustrating because anyone out there totally relate with me on this because you know that they know it and you know that your life would be so much easier if they could just show you and help you. Yeah. Now I understand that I'm the little boy and he just wants me to get burned. And I'm like, please, everything's so hot. Help. Yeah, I mean, you know, who would I be if I was robbing you from the joy of knowing how to do it yourself, right? The joy a, of yeah. the confidence of being able to figure it out on your own. No, you know, I, I do right? agree with- Constantly feeling like I need somebody to help me is like very, just, I don't know, it's very bad on the nervous system, right? Bad on like, just what is that lack of confidence, lack of belief in yourself, constantly just feeling like I need help? 
Yeah. Isn't I that think... like not a solid structure of like totally. gangsterness? Yeah, that's not a structure of gangsterness at all. I also think it's like, um, you know, it could be an avoidance of fear. It could be an avoidance of like wanting, going through a lot of pain and then just being like, oh, I don't want any more. But then again, focusing on what you don't want, you'll create it. It's kind of like that. I don't want that word again. Right. Uh, you know, when I was dealing with like, uh, not dealing, but you know, when I, yeah, there were these moments I was dealing with my brother a lot. And I remember talking to his therapist and I was like, okay, I'm just going to go do this. I'm going to go help him pick out his classes and this and that. And I remember him being like, the moment you do it, you rob him of the opportunity of learning. Yeah. And that was the first time I heard that, which was years ago. And I had to learn, even though I'm not a mom, it was like this like maternal instinct that like, I just want him to be okay. I'm going to make it easier. I'm going to help him. I'm going to love him through this. And yet, I don't know. I love this analogy. This is like really bringing context to so much in my life. Oh, yeah, for sure. A lot of my life is justified on around that one simple story. Holy of, cow. That's like- That makes so much sense. Yeah. I love you. That's why I'm not helping you. <laughs> right? I'm not going to rob you from the rock bottom. I have hit two rock bottoms in my life. The first one, I landed on a pillow. I went back to my parents' house into the basement. When I was in Vegas and I hit rock bottom, I promised myself no pillow. I'm going to learn this lesson the hard way. And what did you do? Where did you land? I landed on my friend's floor, right? But I landed on the floor. I didn't have a pillow. I had to go to my friend and tearfully ask him if I could sleep on his floor because I'm about to get evicted. And I'm losing my car, right? I had to take it like in the chin. I just took it like a chin. And that is the way the universe wanted me to go. So yeah. pillows are not helping people. Pillows don't help people. Yeah. It I, robs them from the pain. Yeah. It's like, okay, son, what is hot? Let me turn the stove off and then touch the stove. Like that's missing the point, right? The point yeah. is he gets screwed. The point is the kid gets his hand burnt. That is the lesson. That is the memory. No pillows. Yeah. That is love. I've hit a few rock bottoms. And the first time I landed at my brother's house, that was rough. The second one was at my parents' house. Never made it to the, I've been at a friend's before. But I will say this, it was so painful. It was so hard, but I am a better person today because of all of it, because I had nothing, because I had to, no, not only did I have nothing, but nobody could help me. It was, it was a mental game of like, how do I get out of this? And I think that's what it is a lot of times. That's going back to being the creator, right? So I think you can learn that you're a creator in a time like now where it's like, what can I create? What's a new opportunity, a dream, a goal, a relationship? Or you're literally pinned against the wall and you have to accept this idea that the only way out of this is if I create something. Because when the whole world says it's not possible, you have to believe in you. And so like we either get those lessons handed to us. I don't think a lot of us grow without those lessons, to be honest. No, you have to touch the stove. Always? At least once. You don't have to touch the stove, but if you want to be the wisest, right? You can learn from other people's mistakes, right? So if you learn through their stories, right? That's a really solid way to do it. You don't have to like touch, make every mistake the world has ever discovered. But no. at the same time, right, you got to see the joy of touching the stove. Right. Yeah, that's, uh, <sighs> yeah. that's good though. But then- She's once, learning a lot about me right now. Yeah, I know. She's like putting all these pieces together. Like, that makes so much sense. Oh 
my God. There's so many things. I didn't know he loved me this much. Jesus. Oh, this is just, it's always love. It always goes back to love. Mm -hmm. Yeah, support and yeah. No, it is. I I think it's good. I mean, it definitely Mm -hmm. makes sense as to why you are the way you are. Treat me the way you do sometimes. And thankfully- Not just her, everybody. This is like, this is how I love people. Right, I know what the, I know what time it is to like help, and I know what time it is for them to help themselves. Right, just yeah, yeah, I agree. Relatively. So okay, so going back to the Matrix, so there's this point in the movie where he goes back in. So for you, for those of you that know or don't know, he talks to the Oracle. Everyone thinks he's the one, right? And or not ever Morpheus for sure thinks he's the one. And he goes to this oracle, and to me, this oracle is, well, first of all, they go into a building that's called the heart, and it has a number four on the outside, and it's green, which makes me think of the heart chakra, right? Which is where we go for intuition, right? A lot of times when we don't know the answer, the best place to go is not outside of us. It's to sit with ourselves and get the answers inside. So even though we see this image of him going to the oracle, the scene, it's almost as if, in my opinion, that he's going within And here's the interesting thing I found is that she asked him, what do you think? Do you think you're the one? And he said, no. And so she just validated what he believed about himself. And it wasn't until he had a shift in his belief system that his external world changed, right? So it's like a little off top, but going back to the creator, it's it's like having to really believe and, and understand who we are and seek that, right? So you might listen to this and be like, maybe they're onto something, maybe they're not, but the only way you will know is if you sit with yourself and ask yourself these questions and then get guided by that inner source, your heart, with the wisdom on how to create best in your life. And yeah. so I really like that scene. I know it's maybe a little bit off the topic, but just circling it back into the matrix, I love that. And then I loved when things were going so bad and then all of a sudden, he's able to fight them. Everyone's like, run. And then he finally faces these agents and they're like, what happened? And, and he's, and they're just like, Morpheus says he's starting to believe. Yeah. And so I think just like the more we can believe in this idea, whether it's like, you've got to get there by touching the stove or whether it's just maybe just listening to us now and saying, I don't know, maybe they're onto something. Maybe I just accept this idea that I'm a creator and try to implement it into my life and try to believe in the things that I'm doing. And to believe that you are the one. Yeah. It's one of the best affirmations there are. The best, one of the best identities that there are, that you are the one to pull it off. You are the one to go all the way. You are the one to make it happen. You are the one with the destiny, and you are the one that's going to make miracles come true. Yeah, he's starting to believe, right? That was Neo's thing. He refused to believe that he was anything special. Yeah, he's like, I'm just a man. He was just a guy, a programmer at a dead-end job, refused to believe he was anyone special. Somebody saw something special in him. He didn't understand why. He refused to believe it. Nobody saw, everyone saw him, nobody believed it was him, right? Except for Morpheus. And as he began to believe, he began to start creating his own reality. Yeah, and shifting the reality outside of us. And that can happen in our life, right? That's how you create those wild card moments. That's how you create health. That's how you create, you know, $40 million a year. That's how you create unicorn companies. That's how you create relationships. That's how you create anything is just starting to believe that you are the one, that the power that you've been looking for, that you've been praying to, is right here inside of you. Yeah. So going back to uh, finishing this story on my parent and back on the, the floor of my friend's house, reading conversations with God, I started to understand that I had been wanting to be rich, wanting to be successful, and that he started to say, no, you have to throw the boomerangs out as if you are already successful. Mm-hmm. So I had really felt like a, 
um, rich guy, but I was just like trapped in my broke guy's body, in this broke guy's body, right? Before this, I thought I was like a failing entrepreneur and that's how I identified. That's why I could never really get too successful. Um, so I just started saying that, hey, I'm a rich person becoming a rich person. You know, I don't care what the outside world looks like. I'm a rich guy becoming a rich guy. And that was that was this, the first boomerang I threw out to the universe where it was like, you know, I am seeing myself as if I have it now. Because if you talk like it, like you don't have it, you only yeah. get pushed. The only other option is that you have it now, right? Is that you live in this moment where you have it now. And a lot of people don't know how to do that. And this is one of the secrets to successfully manifesting, hands down. This is not even the secret. This is like mandatory what you must do. You must learn to live like you have it now. And a lot of people can't do it because they make the, card the cardinal, they call it the Wayne Gretzky mistake, right? Which is Wayne Gretzky's quote is, I don't skate to where the puck is, I skate to where the puck is going. And the mistake everybody makes is they look at their life, they see that they don't have it, and they just focus like that. But that's where the puck is, not where the puck is going. What you wanna do is look at your life as if where it's going. Because if you can believe in your ability to eventually make it and then believe in yourself that you are the one, then there does exist a life in the future where you have all these things and you're rich and you're successful and you're a killer relationship and you're, li and you're living your dream life, that exists. So Wayne tells us to focus on the life we're creating and focus on the, where the puck is going. So you could true be sitting here right now at the bottom of a basement, right? Totally screwed, but, and that could be you, right? And it would be true to say that was you. But there, if there is also a version that is you, a millionaire, and you crushing it, then you are also a millionaire at the same time, right? These two different states. Which one do you choose to be? Which one do you choose to believe in? Mm -hmm. If you begin to believe in this one, reality will begin to soon, you know, flourish that way. And then suddenly the serendipitous moments will start to happen. Where when the universe was throwing nails in your tire, <laughs> now it's throwing wheels on your bus, right? You'll be driving down the road. You will be, you won't have a roof on your bus because you're just a, a, sh a shithole car. And then a roof will go flying off of someone's car and then land on your car. And now you'll have a roof out of nowhere, right? That is the kind of stuff that happens with spirituality. Things that you can't control, 100%. but you are actually controlling. 100%. And the more you believe in it, recognize it, be grateful for it, then you just create this vortex yeah. around you of more magic, more magic, more magic. And that's just, I love that. That's such a beautiful explanation. So what would you just say to someone? Because I teach this a lot for people that are working on healing, right? And a lot of the feedback I get sometimes is like, okay, well, you can, you, you keep telling me to act healthy, but I have physical ailments or I can't get out of bed or I can't this, you know, and I have a response to that, but what is it, which I would say, I'll just answer that. Like, that's the power of your imagination, right? And believing in this future and connecting with that part of you and feeling the emotion ahead of time and living in this as if right now world. And it's a lot of managing your emotions in my opinion, right? Because we are energy and we work on a frequency and our emotions put on an energetic frequency, right? Which is what's going to attract people. But what would you tell people when they're like, okay, Peter, I get this. Like there's this version of me in a basement and then there's this version of me that's rich, but I, have no experience because I haven't touched the stove. I don't know what that feels like. What would you tell them to do? If they want to see what their life would be like? Yeah, if, if they want to experience, right? So in terms of, let's just say business for this, there's somebody that is in the basement and you're saying, okay, there's this version of you out there right now that's rich. 
but we'll use your analogy. They yeah. never touched the stove, so they don't actually know what that no feels idea. like. Right, exactly. It's too la-la land. How do they connect to that? How do they get yeah. there? So there's two types of goals. There's la-la land goals, which are so far ahead that your subconscious or your mind doesn't have any, you can actually go there and achieve what I call fake confidence because you have no idea what you're talking about. So you're, like, you're just completely clueless. And then there's more reality-based goals, which are double your high score, for example. So like, what's the, what's the highest profit day you've had in the past three months? Like, what's the most amount of money you've ever made in the last three months, right? Take that number, because you know you work every single day and you achieve a number, right? Now take that, double it, and then ask yourself like, okay, how hard would it be to make that kind of thing come true? And now you have a lot more tangible understanding that of this is a challenging goal because I actually haven't done it in the past two months, right? That's the point of doubling your high score. You've never done this before, okay. right? This is a new thing you've never done before. But since you've gone half as much, you have a good idea on the challenge or what would happen. So that's when true beliefs show up, right? Because you can be in la-la land and make everything true. But as soon as you come down to the real world and set these real goals, then you have real beliefs. So a lot of the real limiting beliefs will show up because now you have actual quote unquote wisdom or understanding of how hard that is. So let's talk about the, that's a great example and a great analogy to do. Actually not even analogy, great effort right. to do if you're an entrepreneur, but let's just say there's somebody sitting at home, they don't work like that. They don't operate like that, right? Maybe they're in a nine to five job, they have a salary, it's X amount a year, and they wanna connect to that feeling of being wealthy. They wanna connect to that feeling of, they are a millionaire, there's right. this other version, so what would you say then? So going with that double your high score approach, right? Like it would be to focus on the double your high score as if that was happening right now and finding a way to get past that block because that is the first emotional block you're gonna have because that's gonna be hard and challenging for you. But as you find a way just to imagine a life where that was possible and imagine a life where it was easy and effortless and you were selling amazing products and putting out positive energy to the world and earning an income like this, that you have, you can begin to have a little bit more, like a little more leeway and a little more, you can unlock truer emotions that have a bigger boomerang effect, I believe, than the La La Land stuff. Okay, so you're saying like focusing on just doubling like a number in your life versus saying like, I'm a millionaire. So step one would be like, whatever you're making now, imagine that was double, connecting yeah. with that version of you because there's almost too much of a gap to something else. Yeah, but you could also do $50,000 every two weeks. That's another solid, because a millionaire is kind of too fluffy, but you could, you could, you know what would you would do if you had 50 grand this week right, extra flying to your bank account. Like that is- Like making plans yeah. for what you would do with it? No, I mean, you just think about it. Like if you're making $50,000 every two weeks, smooth and easily like butter, like, <laughs> like you, butter. You, you could start to imagine what you could do with that pretty quickly. Yeah. So that is another thing I like to tune in because those are the big visions that really have a massive impact on your life. Doubling your high score has a decent impact on your life. The people who are stuck in the trap of getting 10% raises are just no impact right? Yeah. They're literally just getting a raise. So the boss can be like, I gave you them a raise. And then they can feel like I got a raise and tell their friends. Yeah. Right. But no meaningful impact to their life happens at all. I've been there. Those of you that are in that job, I've been there. I was not an entrepreneur ever. So that was totally me like, okay, well, I got a little bit. I got more. a raise. It's great. But that was a program that I, I thought I got that a, was great. I got a raise. You may enjoy that. And that might be 
good for you and where you are. But no, that's the matrix. They got a shroud over your head. They told you that 10% a year is a good raise. Yeah. And you fell for that stupid bullshit. You fell for that fact that you're going from 50 grand a year to 100 grand a year is a big raise, right? You fell for that stupid bullshit. Yeah. Right. But the so reality that's the matrix. is, that is the matrix. And the right. reality is- And that's is, the red pill right there. Yeah. I don't make you choose. I just throw it at you. Just shove it down your throat. It's true. Well, I think that that's because you want people to understand that they can have more, that you can mm -hmm. be, you can get more. You know, even if you really love that job, you can do more, you can achieve more, you can get more, even in that same place. So I think that's a good point. What do you think about, um, you, like, using your imagination, right? So, like, yeah. So literally, or, or dressing a part or acting a part or embodying something. Yeah. I'm really big on that. Yeah. So there's very, so I just had a call with my, um, manifesting coach two days ago. And we have our goal of doing $100 million in our first whole bunch with this new brand. I had done $40 million with my skincare brand and then did another 40 with Mind Valley. And I was like, yeah, I want to do 100 this time. And then she was like, oh, there's something wrong with that number. There's something weird going on. What do you mean, here. like in your body? She says, there's something she fucked could up. She could pick up on something? Yeah, she could pick up on something that was off. Okay. Right? So she's like, I want you to imagine this big $100 million number. What does it look like? Oh, it's big and it's gold. It's gold. It's almost like too big. And she's like, okay, now I want you to imagine $40 million. So I was like, oh, that looks like me, right? $40 million looks like me. And and then I could understand, because I've gone through this so much, that my identity had been linked up with this $40 million guy. Like I was a $40 million guy. It wasn't a $100 million guy. I was too big for that, right? She's like, oh, I want you to imagine yourself as a billionaire. I was like, oh, yeah, I can do that. But again, uh -huh. that's like but then too fluff again, right? Because I'm going off of no, no reality that's connected to the ground. I know... Mm -hmm. I know what it's like to go for a hundred and only get 40, right? I know what that's like. I know for like what that's like going multiple times because I've tried that multiple times, right? So for me to think about a hundred, I've got a lot more history involved with this number, right? So, but she helped me see that I had needed to begin to identify as the hundred million dollar guy and let go and kill this $40 million guy. So I spent most of last night just affirming in my head in a meditation, just I'm a hundred million dollar man. I'm the hundred million dollar man. Just close my eyes and imagining myself with the big old, blonde, golden hair and a fucking jacked body, which was the image that came through when I thought about this. So <laughs> I'm applying this right now. And identity transformation is something you constantly have to be doing because that is where your glass ceilings are, right? I'm going to like, and you got to reprime your subconscious with this is who you are. So 100% visualization, visualizing yourself as this person and killing the old version of yourself. There's so many, there's so much text around yeah. dying. That's what it's about. It's about killing your identity, leaving it behind. I'm yeah. no longer that $40 million guy anymore. I'm like right. Mr. 100 million. I, I love it. Like you think about, that's that's great. Thank you for sharing yeah. that. I, you, when we're kids, all we do is use our imagination and we dress up and we pretend and we embody it. And a lot of people, if you ask them what they wanted to be as a child, yeah. there's a good chunk of people that say, oh, I wanted to be a doctor. I'm a doctor. I wanted to be this. I'm this, right? Because it became so programmed into them. And so- I don't know why we ever stopped doing that. Like yesterday I was having a really off day. I just like my energy was off and I know as soon as that happens, I have to change it. And so I was in sweats and I was like doing my morning routine and I'm like, obviously this doesn't feel good. This doesn't feel like me. I don't want to be sitting in sweatpants. Like if you know me, I'm always like, this is super casual for me. You know, I'm trying to just be casual in our house, but I love to get dressed up. I've always been like that. So I was having this off day and then I just, I saw this clip on Instagram of Elizabeth Taylor and I would, and she was such a, and she had her, like she had her jewels on, she had, and it was her confidence and the way she was speaking, it was like a minute clip. And I was like, that 
that is how, like I changed my energy in that moment watching this person, right? Yeah. So like this thing came through to you, this blonde guy that shredded. And so it was this, so I, I was like, I have a crown downstairs. So I ran downstairs and I put my crown on. I put on this beautiful purple jacket with fur. And I had the most productive day and came up with amazing ideas. And I did such good work and it was because I changed my energy. And so, yeah, can you look at that and be like, that's so silly? Or she's like playing make-believe. But the amount of times I've played make-believe in my my life and bought something and said, assign meaning to it, this, this dress, I'm going to wear it on a red carpet or I'm going to get this for an interview. And yeah. the moment you do that and you take... Even that I know their action can be in many ways, right? They're sitting down and working in action, but just having so much faith that you act on it as if just buying something, right? Like Florence Shin talks about this woman that wanted an opulent life and she bought this magazine because it was so far from her. She wanted to connect to what it would be like, yeah. right? So these are just ideas, obviously visualizing or if there's somebody, a character out there that you connect with or someone that you admire, right? Obviously there's the steps of reading and studying their wisdom, but just acting as if and trying to get your body in, in that energy of what it would feel like. Yeah. Well, you wanna throw those boomerangs out. Because again, I, I the problem that I have with the feeling part of the whole thing is it not describing, because the feeling is like, okay, I felt something, now what? But each feeling is the boomerang that you send right. out, right? So if the feelings are about getting into this feeling and sending that out to the universe, and then that feeling comes back to you in a situation that makes you feel that same feeling. Exactly. So a feeling that makes you feel baller, right? If you're going for the baller vibes, right? Yeah. If you're going for that killer, super luxe, abundant, unlimited abundance vibes, where you just feel great. You know, one thing that I do every single time when I'm when I'm what? going out and getting a coffee or whatever, always do the the biggest tip. You know, they have the machines, they have the four different tip options, the 8%, 15%. I love that. Always doing the biggest tip. Not for them. You're doing it to thank God for the abundance in your life and you're seeing abundance and you're giving, like this is an opportunity for you to throw a boomerang out to the universe every time you tip, yeah. every time you leave a tip, cause it's just like, bam. But it, but it does affect them too. That's the beautiful thing about it, yeah. right? Like, I know you're like, it's not for them. It's like, I'm signaling to God, but you're also helping you're somebody. giving and you're helping you're somebody, which is so important, right? I love that, right? And anytime you feel like you should act on something or you feel like you should be giving, do it, right? You always follow the intuition. No, you have to do always. it. You have to do it because the thing about giving is giving is a almost like a test from the universe asking, what do you actually believe right now, right? Do you actually believe you have more enough yeah. or do you believe that you don't have enough? That's the thing, that's the giving question. If your reason why is I don't have enough, then you will manage, that's the sponsoring thought, then you're going downhill, right? Yeah. If you choose not to give just because you don't want to, that's a different story, right? You're fine. But if you choose to give because you have abundance, then you're good, right? But you have to be respectful and honest to what the actual foundational thing there, mm -hmm. right? Because whatever you answer there is the life that you're creating. And that, that is the boomerang that will come back to you. You will have something else come to you that will make you feel even worse that you don't have enough. Yeah. Right? Something, a random thing will happen. It makes me think, so I grew up in a Christian school and it makes me think of so many different Bible verses. And I'm like, wait, is this what they were talking about? Like treat others how you would like to be treated. And just all, I mean, there's so many different things. Like even going back to like acting or the works, right? Like Jesus said, and not to make this religious, but Jesus was just a character, right? And whether what you choose to believe around it, he was a role model, you can look at it, or an entity that had an immense power of belief. And he said, like, I'll be the first of many 
many brothers and sisters to come that can do what I do. But he always talked about love, about giving, about believing that you were always going to be taken care of. And again, like you don't, regardless if you believe in Jesus or what you believe, right? These are just, there's so many stories that are trying to tell the same message about this, about creating your reality, about giving, about energy, about belief, about knowing that all of that is inside of you. Even says that, right? The, the, the Trinity, right? Yeah. Which was in the matrix. That was the girl's name, the Trinity, which is the three, right? So it was her, it was Neo, which if you look up Neo is the God's, um, in Latin, it means the God of dreams. Some people is that think, Morpheus or Neo? I mean, Morpheus. And yeah. then Neo is, I mean, I don't know what people say that, but I immediately think of your neocortex, which is your perception of reality. It's it's your, it's among other things, logic, yeah. reasoning, but perception. So yeah, it's so, it's so wild when you just decide, when you can believe anything yeah. and you just say, oh, I'll just choose to believe this and see how my life transforms. And if you do, guys, I'm telling you, your life will transform. Yeah. I mean, my life is transformed in so many magical ways and on a daily basis, it's constantly getting better and better. That's a sponsoring thought that I affirm, right? Yeah. What was that one we, we read today about my good fortune is coming today? Do you remember? Yeah, my good fortune is on its way today. Today. Or something like that. It's kind of like the something amazing is about to happen vibes. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. I love that. Well, I hope that this inspired you guys at home and that you'll play around with the idea of creating reality, maybe re-watching The Matrix, finding your own clues, letting us know what you found because I love that. Yeah. And, and, and taking time to visualize and think about, you know, if I am the creator, what does the next best chapter of my life look like? If that power was inside of me, which it is, what would you do with it? How would you spend your time? What would you visualize? What's your character, right? We know what Peter and I have dressed up as, but- yeah. How would you act? What would you believe and choose to do accordingly? Amen to that. Yeah. yeah. Cool. All right, everybody. That's a wrap. Thank you so much. Thanks for visiting the House of Mastery. We'll see you next time. Love you guys. Peace.